Hey guys, what's okay. up? Welcome to Laced Up. I'm Mike Corzemba, here with... Get like Coop. And Flight Mike, who's pretty much... Two two guys that constantly forget their names. Okay. And before we continue, we want to talk to you about, one, the giveaway that we are doing. Guys, we have already stated that we are going to be doing the PS5 or Xbox Series X giveaway at 40,000 subscribers. We're almost getting there. You guys are crushing it. Well, we're about halfway there, but on top of that, we want to do a bonus giveaway for Apple podcast listeners, for people who leave us a five-star review. We're going to pick one of those reviews to win a hundred bucks each and every week. We're going to announce the winners on our community tab. And this way we can start giving you, giving back to you guys as soon as possible. Yep. We are very grateful for you guys. You guys have been showing a lot of love on the podcast. We want to give back as much as possible. And we want to, you know, start that Apple podcast grind because we are there too, as well as we are on Spotify. So if you want to follow there, that'd be awesome as well. We've had the return of LaMelo Ball. Now, I want to pose a question to both of you right now. If LaMelo plays out the rest of his games, who are you voting for Rookie of the Year? Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, go. I'm taking, I'm taking Anthony Edwards. I'm taking LaMelo Ball. Okay, this is great. Okay, you know what? I'll, well, you be, thought gonna, we were I'll be the moderator with... here. Yeah, you thought we were going to agree with each other? That wouldn't be fun. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll save so, my opinion till the end. I've got a name. I'll write it down somewhere. Okay. okay. Coop, go for it. You can start this. Um, He's like getting his notes out. He's like, oh, I'm going to show Anthony this Anthony Edwards guy. has been phenomenal. Uh, I, I think there's a legit argument if LaMelo doesn't miss all that time. But, I mean, goodness, Anthony Edwards' game log in April, 21.6 points per game, 44% from the field. He's shooting almost 35% from the three-point line. He's up to 19 points on the season. He's averaging five boards. He's a better passer than the stats show. This guy has the complete package. I like Anthony Edwards for Rookie of the Year. It appears he may have also gotten Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez back together. I mean, I don't know how much that you know factors into the rankings, but I think it should play a part. So, are, are you done? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I know what you're talking about. All right, Mike. <laughs> let me nuts. let me hear your mellow ball argument, man. Let me let me. Hear All right, this. man. So, look, Anthony Edwards crushing it in points per game. I love Anthony Edwards. You know, don't get me wrong. I love his personality. I think he's hysterical. Um, he's also super young. I think he possesses a lot of skills that you'd want from a guard. He's shown me that he is fairly savvy in the pick and roll, but not to the level that like most of the best pick and roll um, like ball handlers are in the NBA. I think a little like a tier below, not so much where Luca and LeBron is, but a little bit lower than that. So I think he he does everything fairly well. He's super athletic. And on top of that, you're, uh, you're right. He has had a remarkable April, but when it comes to who elevates their team more, there's no question in my mind who elevates their team more. LaMelo Ball has turned most players on his team that, in my opinion, were afterthoughts. Players like Gordon Hayward that we thought were having were going to trend downwards this year. Players like Miles Bridges, who is a super athletic uh, basketball player, but not a player that you were like really thinking about last year. They're, he's turning those types of players into very exciting basketball players and is making them better. But on top of that, he's been shooting a better three-point percentage than Anthony Edwards. His PER is higher than Anthony Edwards. And most importantly, the one thing that I will always 
grade every player over probably my favorite statistic is Lamelo Ball has 2.8 win shares despite playing in less games than Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards has a negative 0.2. Negative Wait, 0.2. Well, moderator uh, needs to speak here. Anthony Edwards plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Unfortunate situation this year based on the fact that they have been horrible without Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell for a lot of the year. Uh, but if you look at the Hornets, you got to give credit to LaMelo Ball. I mean, there's two questions that you have to ask yourself, I guess, looking at the rookie of the, the year race, because the stats are close, but I would definitely say LaMelo's are better, especially when you look at per 36, because Anthony Edwards has been getting a little bit more playing time and he's been getting a little more, like some more stats because of that. But two questions I'm going with are, you know, how much does record matter? Like Coop was about to jump into. And also uh, how much does the fact that LaMelo has missed about 20 more games than Anthony Edwards, 22 games he's played less than Anthony Edwards. How much does that matter? I want to say, I think LaMelo's missed too many games. I think if LaMelo doesn't miss those games, I might go LaMelo. I also want to say, you said Gordon Hayward and Miles Bridges are way better players with LaMelo Ball. Well, uh, Gordon Hayward is averaging like one more point per game. Miles Bridges points per game actually went down. So uh, they're more exciting for sure. LaMelo's must see TV. I'm not going to argue that, but I'm not going to discredit Anthony Edwards for going to a miserable and unfortunate basketball situation. Um, I think when D'Lo and Cat actually play, I think the Timberwolves also have a winning record. So I'll throw, so I will throw a counter here though. Back at you, Coop. All right. What were the Hornets, Hornets expected to be headed into this season? Okay. Because yes, as we all know now, the Timberwolves are horrible and the Hornets are a playoff team. But headed into the season, I don't think you would say the Hornets and the Timberwolves were far off at all. In fact, I'm pretty sure if we were to look at projected win totals, you know, I'm sure they'll be close. And in the 21 games that LaMelo Ball has missed this season, the Hornets have a losing record. They're 10 and 11. That's not bad, though. I mean, it's not like they were far above 500 with them healthy, to be fair. That's not yeah. bad at all. But, I mean, yeah, they're, I mean, they're actually right around the same. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, LaMelo's good. LaMelo's good. He makes them better, but good enough to give the Rookie of the Year award to LaMelo over Anthony Edwards. I, 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 I just don't know that. Help me see it clearer, Mike. So, so here, how about this? Who means more to their team? LaMelo Ball to the Hornets or Anthony Edwards to the well, Timberwolves? Well, I think if you put LaMelo Ball with the, with, the, with the Timberwolves, they still suck. So I don't think that's a fair question. Again, I don't you're know trying about to make, that. Well, if I reverse uh, I, I, I that, know around, about that if I reverse I that around, that. I will actually agree and say that if I if you put Anthony Edwards with the, with the Hornets, I think LaMelo is making more of an impact. I'm not sure what yeah. happens in the Timberwolves because they've just been – Lost honestly, I can't say that. I can't say that. I mean, well, probably, yeah, 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 because they need a playmaker, so yeah, I will, I will agree with that. Like, they, they, they do need a playmaker, the Hornets well, yeah, but that's just what right now Lamel brings to the table that Anthony Edwards doesn't, you know, he, he brings that playmaking. Well, aspect. Anthony Edwards is, is a surprisingly good passer. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to like completely discredit him and be like, oh, well, he's not this. No, I didn't say he player. was, you know, a, ba a bad passer. I'm just saying LaMelo brings more to the table in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. LaMelo brings more to the Hornets right 
I would say now? to any team. I'd say any because team the Hornet, right now, but the but... Hornets are loaded it too. I, I I don't know about any team. See, the Hornets are loaded. Well, yeah, they got Terry Rozier, they got Gordon Hayward, they got they got Devonte Graham. They're yeah, loaded with guard the, talent. If you watch the games, like you know, Lamelo, they're is good. They're good players. Passes. You're not gonna tell me Terry Rozier hasn't been killing it this season. Yeah, he's killing it. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, they even look. got Malik Monk. They have an embarrassment of riches at the guard position. They, they, Malik they, Monk. Malik Did you just say Malik Monk? With a bigger role, Malik Monk could go off. You could quote <laughs> I, me on that. Look, uh, look at his game log. Look at his minutes. When he plays, he does good. Uh, He's not a okay. so, terrible defender, but with the ball in his so, hands, good things happen. So take a look at this. Last year before LaMelo Ball, this is a counter argument to what you were saying about Miles Bridges. Yeah, his points per game went down by 0.6. But last year without LaMelo Ball, his offensive box plus minus was negative 1.5. His value over replacement player is was negative 0.3. This year, for the, fir uh, for the first time since his rookie season, Miles Bridges is positive in offensive box plus minus and VORP. Now, you brought up Anthony Edwards not being a bad passer, but that kind of remains to be seen. We're talking about a guy that is averaging 2.8 assists per game. Well, if you look at the comparing... box score, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get the full effect of what he brings to the game. You actually have to watch this guy pass the ball and play make. This is gonna get I... lost if I don't say it right now, Mike. Miles Bridges absolutely had the best stretch of his season with Lamelo out. Okay, in April he averaged 19 points per game. Before that, in March he averaged. 8.9 in february he averaged 10.6 in january he averaged 8.8 in december he averaged 12.5 it's not even close he averaged over like about double the amount of points per game than any other month are we are we grading how good a player is based off of their ability to score what yes well, you are that, doing that, that, that was your i'm argument. not doing that i'm, saying that, he I'm not saying that more efficient scorer. i'm saying that without lamella ball playing he was a better he was a better and more efficient scorer okay Fair. That could be that could be the reason why his uh those that one month could be the reason why his he literally analytics crushed were positive. It. He crushed in April. He had tons of great games without Lamelo. And you know what? The eye test. I'm with you on the eye test. I will say that when you watch Lamelo and Miles Bridges play, um, you oh know, yeah, it's they, magical. They create some it's magic. Beautiful. You're right. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's beautiful. Magic. But I mean, also though, it's probably a little bit like they create so many highlight plays that maybe it's a little. You know, like that's why you're thinking that as much as like, and then you look at you know the split stats, and you're like, oh yeah, he actually did crush it in April. But I'm excited. I'm very excited to see both of them together in the future because it looks like the chemistry for them is you know like top tier. Yeah, the Hornets have a lot of potential. And guys, we love Lamelo Ball. We love Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of both. Don't hate us. Yeah. You know what? We I love, will say I will say I'm an Anthony Edwards convert or something. You know, is that the right word? Converted. I've been converted. I at first I, I will fully admit I was afraid of that football quote. I was afraid. I was like, what? Like what Anthony Edwards said if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring to Anthony Edwards and ESPN being quote being saying that like right now he would drop everything to go to the NFL um if he could, if they drafted him. But Coop, um you're before you even say it, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, you said it. You're like, yeah, you know, he prob probably got taken out of context. He was probably messing around. And seeing who Anthony Edwards is as a person since then, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I fully believe that. It's just at the time, 
you know, I had watched Anthony Edwards play some of Georgia. I didn't know who he was. I wasn't, you know, watching him on a day-to-day -day basis. Coop, your boy, Lonzo Ball. He said that he still believes he's going to be an all-star. What do you think? Well, I don't want to be like, you know, the bad guy here. Uh, I want to <laughs> start this please, segment off please by be saying, the bad guy. literally anything is possible. Mike Korzimba, you could be an all-star. Who knows, you know? Um, in the NBA, anything is possible. All of these guys have talent. You know, I, I really, I really do have hopes, high hopes for Lonzo, but right now he's just somebody that is way too inconsistent. The Pelicans played their biggest game of the season last night, and they got absolutely destroyed by the Golden State Warriors. Now, to be fair, the Warriors have been one of the hotter teams in the NBA, but Lonzo's inconsistencies did them no favor. The game before this, Lonzo dropped like 33 points against the Timberwolves or something. He, he let everybody know about it. All right, so you guys know I love me some Lonzo. You know, Lonzo, Steph Curry with a 40-inch vertical. But that hasn't exactly happened. And I just want to say, I mean, I, I don't want to be the NBA player personally that's bragging so much about a 33-point game. I mean, you got guys like Jason Tatum dropping 60 out here. Like, yeah, that that's more Instagram post worthy. 33, Lonzo, I think, you know, chill. I, I think it's a season high, but relax on it. Well, here's the thing. He's been crushing it. You have to give it to him. Like, he had a triple-double against the Denver Nuggets. And he almost had another triple-double against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, sure, it's the Timberwolves. I get it. But... Two years ago, Lonzo Ball scoring 33 points was a pretty big deal. This is a guy that isn't necessarily known for his ability to score. So I do think he is evolving and that is something he should brag about because a lot of people, if you're Lonzo, you're probably the guy that's talked the most crap about in the entire NBA. A lot of people hate on Lonzo. So this is kind of his way of saying, hey, look at me. You know, I'm growing. I mean, I'm developing. I think that might have been a. Uh, I, I think that might have been a Los Angeles thing. I don't think people hate on him in, in, in New Orleans. Yeah, like I don't that. really see anyone hating yeah, on him. And uh, also, you conveniently, uh, you conveniently talked about Minnesota and Denver and skipped the Thunder game in the middle where he shot 0 for 8 from three, and scored six points. I would and also like to add that crushing it is incredibly relative, like. He's doing great for Lonzo Ball, but he's not crushing anything by like any means. And I love Lonzo. I, I'm, I'm high. Yeah, people are gonna just people are people are gonna jump in and be like, we're hating on Lonzo. And you know, maybe that was a little bit of hate because well, I I just think it's funny that someone's jumping on Instagram bragging about like 30 plus point games when guys like you know Kyrie and just, you can name uh, so many players at this point that are doing that consistently. But yeah, it's relative. Like, Koopa, I agree with you. He's doing solid for Lonzo. But, I mean, look at the guard picture right now in either the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference. Lonzo is not really close to being an all-star right now. Uh, I agree. But I do think that someday he could be an all-star. He's already proven to us that he could do stuff that most other NBA players just simply cannot do. That's like, not true. What what hold, do you see? You're not let, you're, hold on, let me let me finish. Oh, okay, like okay, okay, like for example, com completely changing your jump shot. Like come on, have you ever seen anyone in the NBA go from how his jump shot used to be to how his jump shot is now? Yes. On top of that, like yes, defense. That's, yes, that's definitely. Who? Yes, yes. Who? That's, People change who? their jump shot for. Kawhi Leonard has definitely done that going from San Diego Kawhi State to uh 
to, to the Spurs. Yeah, but Kawhi Leonard wasn't nearly as bad as Lonzo Ball was coming out of the NBA Based draft. on what? Lonzo shot a better three than Kawhi uh, in college. Like, Lonzo shot way better from three than Kawhi in college. I don't even need to look at the stats. We could look at the stats if you want to, but... That's that's um, facts. We know we don't have to. Yeah. Stats. Also, Tristan Thompson's changed his shooting hand. All right. Let's talk about that for a second. You know, that's impressive. Yeah, that is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, going from what Lonzo Ball used to be, I'm seeing a consistent, like, upward trend. It's a slow upward trend, but it's a consistent upward trend. Another thing we didn't talk about is in three out of his last five games, at least, uh, double digit rebounds. Um, at least like eight assists in three out of his last five games and at least three steals in three out of his last five games. So there's stuff like there's not all star worthy stuff, but there's stuff that could make him go from an average player to at least in my opinion, I think he's slightly above average now. I don't think I think he's average. I think he's completely average. I think if you look at the box scores, you'll be like, oh, well, he had three steals. He had, you know, these rebounds. He did this. He did that. But uh, in reality, he's just not moving the game enough for the New Orleans Pelicans. He's still, in large part, the same player that he's been um, since his rookie season. I'd even say his defense has regressed a little bit. Man, Lonzo fans are going to hate me. But look, Lonzo fans, I, I love y'all. I love y'all, man. And I, and, I, and I love Zoe. I honestly do. But the only real change in his game has been his jump shot. And it's not like he's this shooter with incredible gravity, right? He's shooting a three-pointer at 37%. He's getting a ton of wide open looks. And he's going to give you nights where he just flat out shoots you out the game like he did last night for the New Orleans Pelicans. He's just not there yet. He, you know, the, the same problems he's had as a rookie. Um, he's not a great finisher. Uh, he's not a great penetrator. Uh, the mid-range game isn't there. When it comes it's, to Lonzo... Actually, go ahead. Uh, uh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, uh, no, it's no, actually... I was just trying to jump on what you said. It's actually crazy how limited of a finisher he is. Yeah. And I would say, because if you look at his shots, just on basketball reference, I was glancing. If you look at his shots at the rim, he's played 51 games this year. He has 100 shots attempted at the rim. That's less than two a game. That is insane. He takes 8.23s a game. Like that kind of difference is ridiculous. Like Steph does not have that kind of difference. Lonzo right now at this point is incredibly wildly inconsistent and that's because he relies on his three-pointer to an extreme much. extent for someone who is not knocked down to in that way like yeah he's making 37 percent credit to him you know he's definitely like mike like you said you know he's changed his jumper he's improved his shooting for sure i'll agree with he's improved his shooting but for him to have to take that many threes like you know he really needs to expand his game and be able to drive to the basket and finish around the rim uh consistently and with a very far greater volume than what he's currently doing i'll i'll say this i'll say this to lonzo's defense i don't think stan van gundy's a great coach by any means um i think stan van gundy has actually hurt his development a little i know a lot of people are like well this is one of his best years I want to see more and you know I would have liked to see his game progress a little more than just being able to knock down wide open shots now with that being said as we touch back to his Instagram post I kind of get the post because I'm not sure you guys remember but D'Lo shaded LaMelo Ball when LaMelo initially went down you guys remember that right 
What did he, I do what not did he say? Yeah, what did he say exactly? I, you, you don't remember? D'Lo tweeted out Rookie of the Year when Lamelo Ball got hurt. Oh yeah, yeah, referencing yeah, yeah. Anthony. Okay, Edwards. yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. So, I think Lonzo posted that just to defend his brother, just to just to get back at D'Lo maybe a little bit. And you have to think there's some beef there, seeing as you know Zoe was kind of the successor to D'Lo. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like. The potential of a rivalry there not so much a successor more of a you know we dumped delo for long replacement yeah replacement yeah, i mean yeah same thing you know well i guess i guess mike's just saying like successor would mean that you know d'angelo russell did anything of note to success like to you know he didn't. i was just using it as replacement so <laughs> that's nothing yeah. that really needs to go on okay well um there we go you know, the comments are now about to be filled, filled with Lonzo stands. And you know what, guys? You know, please lower the pitchforks. You guys know that meme where everybody's like, Jason Tatum is still 19, by the way? Yes, I do. No, no, Jason Tatum's like still playing travel basketball or like he's like 13. <laughs> it's like, I can't so, believe Jason Tatum dropped 60 points and he's only 13. <laughs> so Anthony Edwards and LaMelo are still both 19. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, man. And then you got... You know, uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm not. I'm not shading anyone. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. Talk to us. I mean, I don't want to hate on the man, but you know, again, like Obi, Obi Toppin's 23 years old, bro. Oh, like it's just an old pick. Like you know, not to say he's not gonna have a solid career. Not to say he's not gonna be good, but you know, boring. Nobody wants to hear Obi Toppin slander. Say something about James Wiseman. I mean, what what about him? What do you want me to say? Say something, anything. Oh, Slender and Obi's not fun. Slender, well, is, like uh, the... I would rather. How do you have, feel? I'd rather have Lamelo Ball. All right, quick question: We're, We are redrafting the top three right now. Lamelo one for sure. You're taking Lamelo one uh, with for D'Angelo sure. Russell. You think that'll work out? They'll coexist. I don't care how. I don't care how it works out. If I'm when I'm taking number one pick, I'm taking based on talent alone. And I think Lamelo has franchise potential. You don't think Anthony Edwards has franchise potential? I I think he again. I think you know he, yeah, he does too. But I would I like Lamelo's Lamelo's all around game more, and I believe in him. This more. guy's a sucker for playmakers. I'm starting to see it. Like pass. Bro, he's like, six foot seven, six foot eight point guard. This guy like, is a sucker for playmakers. Like let's just like yeah, let's just I'm I'm rocking with Lamelo. And again, like, you know, I'm not relying. See, the whole point, the whole problem, not to say that it backfired for the Timberwolves because obviously Anthony Edwards is, has been a great player, especially like having a great rookie season, great rookie season. And I never answered who I would pick. Um, you know, I would have picked LaMelo, but then Anthony Edwards has been actually so good at the end of this season that I think that he won the award um, headed into the end of the season. But the same time who knows you know lamello there's still 10 more games left but if if the season were to end right now i would say anthony edwards ask me again in 10 games with that said just alone i think lamello is better I, that's just my personal opinion and i also think you know that when you draft just based on talent again the minnesota Timberwolves do not fall into this because anthony edwards is solid but if you were to just draft on talent and then something like d'angelo russell and cat happens, you know, you watch your talent that is supposed to be 
the players that are there, like you already have a point guard in D'Angelo Russell, you watch as he's injured, you know, you never know what's going to happen. That's why I think you just take the best player available. So if I was to go ahead and redraft the top three, my first pick, and I know this is like a direct contradiction to what I was saying about the rookie of the year race, my first pick would still be Anthony Edwards. And the reason why is I know you're not supposed to draft based off of need, but I say Anthony Edwards is like slightly less talented than LaMelo Ball, just very, very slightly, but his fit with the Minnesota Timberwolves is significantly greater, in my opinion. And I know you typically shouldn't draft based off of, uh, off of need, but when it's that close, then I'm going to take a player that fits my team a little bit yeah. better. And at the same time, you could argue that sometimes players need to go to the right situation. So. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. A lot of times I think, and this could be a long shot, this is just my own philosophy, a lot of times I think that if Michael Kidd Gilchrist went to a team that was able to recreate his jump shot. Oh, yeah. He probably would be a solid player. It's really sad. But like that's a situation. Well, he got hurt a that, lot. Yeah, but his entire the entire issue with his career is was his broken jumper. But to be fair, regardless of any injury, he was going to struggle at the NBA level without a jump shot. You could put Tony Allen in today's game and I think things would be a little tough. So true. So back to what I was saying the about ranking the top three, number two would definitely be LaMelo Ball. I think the Golden State Warriors were really, really in their feelings when they selected James Wiseman. You know, they were set on James Wiseman the entire draft process. It was going to be the perfect complement to Draymond Green and Clay Thompson once he returns and Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. And then Clay Thompson tore his Achilles after recovering from a torn ACL. And I think the Warriors were just a little bit emotional because it's very tough when your other franchise cornerstone just made it back from a an injury that was ruining and ending careers about a decade ago and then gets another injury that has been ruining careers this year and like in the current NBA. So... I'm assuming that's why they didn't draft LaMelo Ball, but I feel like that was kind of a sign from the basketball gods, unfortunately, because when Clay Thompson does come back, I don't know if he's going to be able to play those starting minutes anymore. I don't know if I feel comfortable putting Clay Thompson out on the basketball court for like 30 minutes a game, maybe like 20 minutes a game as an energy player. And I hope I'm wrong. I really, really hope I'm wrong because he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. But I felt like that was a, that was the time to move on from Clay Thompson after that happened. And Steph Curry isn't a pure point guard. He's a scoring point guard. So the combo of Steph Curry and LaMelo Ball would have been fantastic. Um, also getting LaMelo Ball in a super large market, really good for the NBA as well. And then Wait, with the number three pick. What do you mean pick, by move on from Clay Thompson? Move on from Clay Thompson in the sense that LaMelo Ball would be the new starting point guard uh shooting guard you're locked for the into Clay Thompson you're not getting rid of him I wouldn't say that they would get rid of him I wouldn't want them to get rid of him probably like a probably like a glorified sixth man a player that they can't play like look I understand they're different weights but you see how DeMarcus Cousins is uh is playing now after tearing his ACL and tearing his Achilles yeah he's significantly yeah, right. heavier yeah, he's significantly heavier. I know they're different weights, and maybe Clay Thompson could move a little bit faster. Maybe he could be a little lighter. But do you really think Clay Thompson's going to play 30 minutes per game once he returns? No, yeah, it would definitely, I would say, lessen the pressure on Clay to return, you know, fast too. 
Like, I'm sure they're taking their time with him and everything, but like, as soon as he returns, Warriors fans are going to be expecting some things from Clay, I guess, because, you know, Steph Curry's prime and his window of opportunity to win another championship is dwindling at this point. You know, we're in the final few years of that. So if you did have a guy like Lamelo, yeah, that would take a lot of the pressure off there. And plus, uh, just at this point, LaMelo Ball has a better trade value than James Wiseman. So if you wanted to trade or if you were looking to, you know, move for another, you know, big name, big all-star or something like that, I think LaMelo draws bigger names than you would get with James Wiseman. Okay, guys, we've, we've heard your questions. I tweeted out personally about this and then our email, remember, um, only fans at gmail.com. You could send in questions or video messages. We will play your video message. Please send in video messages. We'd love to see them. But uh, we have various questions, for instance, from at Jason PA 384-75096. A lot of numbers. What are your guys' expectations for a healthy Golden State Warriors team next year? Also, what offseason moves will they make? My expectations are that I think they'll, of course, be improved. Again, I think the Clay Thompson thing is scary. They need, I don't know what Golden State does. It's it's tough. Like, what would what do you guys think they'll do? Because, I mean, with James Wiseman, if they get Minnesota, if they get Minnesota's pick, that's going to be the game changer. You know, they can move that pick. They'll be able to get someone. But if they don't, then I think that Golden State is, you know, probably in trouble. There's so many great teams at this point. It's going to be hard to reach the level of them. So if I was a Golden State Warrior fan, realistically, I would be hoping for like a Dallas Maverick type run where, you know, you have you've got you load up on vets, you load up for a team that isn't necessarily built for the regular season, you know, guys that, you know, are going to be taking the second night of a back-to-back -back off guys that don't really fully give it their entire all until the playoffs come but then that's when you're looking to make a run especially with the championship experience that they have i think there's a chance that they that they uh end up trading james wiseman yo didn't really want to say that i think they're better with draymond green at the five i think stats have shown what that. draymond hater himself I don't hate Draymond. I don't know where. <laughs> you know what, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how you got that. I hate Draymond. They're, they're good with Draymond at the five, but they'd be they'd be NBA championship favorites if Ibaka was there right now. That's what Koopa said. What are you doing? <laughs> Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Bro, it's Serge Ibaka. It would be nasty be all, though if they had all time. time. They'd be breaking the, the wins record. If they if they had Ibaka, seventy four, bro. Hey, if they had Ibaka and Lamelo, oh, hey man, that'd be crazy. But seriously, I love Draymond. I love Draymond, man. I love Draymond. He's a, he's, a, he's a good basketball player. I think you mistook my words. And honestly, Corzum, but that, that, that hurts me a little bit. That hurts me a little bit. Even more than the Bulls possibly losing their pick this year. But Listen, I didn't mistake your words. But I you am did. Glad, but I you am definitely. glad I hurt you. But I am glad I hurt you. Um, I hope I hope you lost some sleep over it. Oh, some disrespect to my man Draymond. It was no. Everyone could go back to that the previous all. podcast. There's a clip. You know what? Just search YouTube channel. Search the clip. Let's see. You guys can be the judge if I mistook the words. Also, shots at the Bulls. You know what? We want to talk Bulls. We haven't talked Bulls this entire run of the podcast. Let's talk some Chicago Bulls. Some Chicago Bulls that. 
cause me anxiety every day. You know why? Because let me tell you a story. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Before you before you go on <laughs> one of these tangents. Before out. you go on one of these tangents. <laughs> oh my god. Weren't you excited about the Vucevic trait? All right, let me tell you a story. Oh, about, he's gonna do it anyway. About a young man who was excited about the Vucevic trait. <laughs> let me tell you a story about a twenty-year, twenty-eight-year-old guy with a dream, and that is, you know, I will say I'll defend this till. Not till I die. I'll defend this for right now. Um, Vucevic, listen. When we went into the trade deadline, Wendell Carter was struggling. He was not playing well at all. And at the end of the day, how many times have we seen a guy, for instance, the Bulls are seeing it happen right now. We've got Lowry Markinen. He struggled third season, you know. And now fourth season, he's completely dropped off. I don't blame him because he basically got benched. He doesn't fit in on the current roster. He plays, but you know his confidence is a little shot, and I don't think he wants to be here anymore. So I'm um, I'm positive. You know, if I was buy, if I had Larry Marketing stock, I would buy it right before the off season and just watch as some team like the Spurs grabs him or, or the Jazz skyrockets. Or yeah, the Jazz skyrockets. He just plays yeah, he out of his mind. Easily could see him being an All Star on the Jazz. I literally think he's going to be. I don't know about an All Star at this point, you know. But who knows? He he's going to be a much better player. He does not want to be in Chicago. Anyway, Vucevic. You know, it seemed like a no brainer. We got at the time we were borderline playoffs. It looks like we get that one extra guy. We're getting over that hump, and we're. We're competing for the sixth seed around that. We're not where we are at this moment. Wendell, again, was struggling. Gafford was struggling. At this point, you've got to blame coaching, I guess, because Wendell goes to the Orlando Magic, immediately begins playing better. I mean, like, immediately walks off the, the bus, playing wherever. However he got to Orlando, as soon as he stepped foot in Florida, he was incredible. Maybe it's the no income tax. I don't know. You know, Gafford goes to Washington, Freaking leads the Bulls on a revenge tour that's not being talked about. You know, suddenly the Washington Wizards are the hottest team in the NBA. Gafford's playing out of his mind. And, you know, you could say what you want. He, you know, he's doing what he does best. He's scoring, grabbing boards and stuff. But he's also doing it at a higher rate. And so, again, is it's, pro- it's probably coaching at the point. He's just getting more opportunities. The Bulls didn't. Do have not had a consistent playmaker all year. That is still being just shown day in and day out. And also, cannot forget about the fact that as soon as uh, Vucevic gets on the team, you know, you got to give the team a few games to gel. Well, as soon as we get those few games in, Zach Levine, are we allowed to say that word? (laughs) I'm not sure, based on YouTube. Zach Levine catches the bug, (laughs) gets pulled for two plus weeks i don't think who is he returning like i've never seen i don't think there's been a guy that's been out as long as zach levine with this self-containment period so at this point what are the odds i think it's something like 30 40 percent that the bulls still manage to stay top four and keep their pick thank god based on the nba's lottery selection you know they changed up the rules right now the bulls are slotted at, at number seven We've been at number seven for an uncomfortable amount of years. It's horrible. If we lose our pick, if we lose our pick, I'll do something drastic. I don't know. You guys could choose. You get, Ed, Losing someone tell me your pick in this draft, that's just so bad. That's that's just like the fattest L. And yeah, especially that seven pick because it's like there's no clear-cut number one. 
and you could grab potentially the best guy in the draft maybe at number seven i think yeah without without a doubt without a doubt i like the whole lottery for this draft to to be honest with you i mean it, it hurts it, it hurts it's not a great place to be in and you know but what i was saying with wendell i didn't get to i didn't get to finish because of myself i went on my own side tangent but you got a guy like larry marketing you don't move him year three you know i fully understand that i was larry's biggest fan but i think the bulls saw a little bit of what was happening with larry or a lot of what was happening with larry happened with wendell and they traded him while he still had value because year four comes boom restricted free agent you know teams aren't nearly as willing to give you up basically anything bulls still did get an all-star in the trade end of the day on a great contract Think Vooch is making like 26 mil next year or maybe 24 mil next year. And then he makes 2 million less the year after. So he's on a great contract. He is an all-star level talent. We'll see where we go from here. It's been rough. Speaking of Daniel Gafford, uh, Russell Westbrook has been a major reason that he's been playing so good. Honestly, opportunity too, but playing with the playmaker like Westbrook has done wonders for not only him, but the Washington Wizards. And you are a noted Westbrook hater. Just thought I'd bring that up. I yeah. love Russell Westbrook. Um, Can't stand those Russell Westbrook haters. I think he is... Uh, no, I, a winner. No, no, no. You know, winner. What? Say it. A winner. He's definitely... You know what? I will give it to him 100%. You know... There are times where I would say Russell Westbrook struggled, maybe didn't play how, like, you know, maybe didn't fit into the mold of what I would think of a winning basketball player is, which is a heavily criticizable statement because who am I to say anything? Regardless, you know, I'm not an NBA player, but Russell Westbrook, all the credit in the world, been crushing it, had a 2020 game yesterday, last night, without points, like, Literally 20 rebounds and 20 assists. Insane. Man's crushing it. You know, obviously he doesn't listen to the podcast and obviously he doesn't care at all what I think, but it seems like he's kind of like going on a revenge tour against me, but nah, I'm just kidding. He's been crushing. He's been good all season and it's good to see him, you know, it's good to see someone do well, you know, uh, good for, good for the wizards. They, they deserve it over the bulls. Okay. So Miller T wants us to redraft. The 2017, 18, and 2019 drafts. So let me pull those all up for us. You guys down to do this? Uh, yeah, we could do this. Also, guys, if you want us to do this, we've been talking about doing bonus podcasts. Redrafts would be a great thing to do for bonus podcasts. So if you want us to do this, we would be able to go way more in depth with it. You know, talk like, for instance, like number two pick is the Los Angeles Lakers. They took Lonzo. They end up trading him like, what happens if Donovan Mitchell goes there instead? Like we could dive into that as a topic. So my first pick would be Donovan Mitchell. Yo. Um, yeah, over Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. Um, oh. Then it would, yeah. What? You wouldn't? That's crazy. I'm gonna let you for know. the Sixers too. That's crazy. oh for, oh we're saying for the six oh we're saying for the Sixers. Oh, like that's supposed to change something. Oh, I thought you All wanted right, me to give no, you my no, top do, five. I like I like the idea even, of actually doing this, you know, independently and even, and team wise. Okay, so yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. you'd rather have Donovan team. Mitchell. I'd rather have Donovan Mitchell over Jason Tatum. Yeah. That then I would do Jason Tatum. Then I would do De'Aaron Fox, Kyle Kuzma, then OG Anunoby. 
So just like just like screw Bam out of bio, right? Oh, I didn't see Bam, Bam out of bio. Like, I didn't see Bam. Bam. I didn't see Collins. Bam because he was draft because he was drafted by Milwaukee. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. All right. So after De'Aaron Fox, um, no, after Jason Tatum, Bam out of bio, then De'Aaron Fox, then Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma over John Collins. I'm taking John Collins, dog. I'm taking Kyle Kuzma. No Laker homership here. You just over love John. Co- do, you, do you know? Do you know who John Collins is? Yeah, I know who John Collins is. Over Kyle Kuzma. What do you like yeah. about Kyle Kuzma? What does he do so spectacular? All right, let's let's ask this question right now. If you could trade Kyle Kuzma for John Collins at this exact second, tell me. Definitely you not. No, I wouldn't. Why? Why would I? First of all, Kyle Kuzma has better hair. No, I'm kidding. But I feel like in terms of what the Lakers have right now, Kyle Kuzma is a better fit. Fits their needs significantly more. Pretty much is really good at making his way atop the NBA, uh, like atop Lakers brass. Gets along with Jeannie Busmore. Pretty much has the favor of LeBron James. Whereas John Collins is literally stamping his feet saying, Trey Young holds the ball too much. You know, and this is ruining our team. I want more touches or trade me. I don't want that on. I don't want that on my team. So yeah, I'll take a little hidden production in order to I would, have a player I would say that that's fits. A dramatic, a there's, dramatic. There's no chance. Statement. There's no chance you're taking. There's no chance you're taking Kyle Kuzma over Jared Allen. There's zero. I don't care what you say, Mike. I, I mean, we, we. I mean, there's, Lakers have enough traditional centers, so I'd rather take the shooting over a man that is a rim protector. Well, also keep in mind, you're, this is the 2017 draft. Like your team changes. Like you don't just, you're not, we're not just dropping this guy on the team. Like, like also, I would imagine also, that if you had John Collins or if you had, uh, you know, a center that you're ending up getting, picking up wing help instead of prioritizing a center or a big, here's guy. another, here's another thing. How much is John Collins averaging this, uh, this year? 17 points per game, right? Roughly around. Kyle Kuzma has been put was putting up similar numbers when his team was similar to John Collins. You have to bear in mind they're in both in different situations. What the Hawks what are mean similar? Six and thirty. Yeah, the, they're fifth. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, yeah, but I'm saying Kyle Kuzma isn't nearly featured as you much are. As John this Collins is probably as, your biggest. I homer love you, statement. Mike. Honestly, this I is probably your biggest homer statement. <laughs> What do you mean? I'm not a homer. I'm an unbiased Laker fan. Oh my! God. You know what? No, no. You know what? You know what? I'm with Flight Mike. Give me Kuzma over Collins. Put it on the board. You know what? I'm, I'm whatever. You know, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm taking Collins. I'm going. I'm Why? Go- you haven't gave us one good reason. Yeah, he's better. I, I've defeated. He's better. He's better? What? At what? What is yeah, he better at? What? Scoring. Post scoring in 2021. What? what? Post scoring. What? What else is he better at? He's got post scoring. Boom. Okay. 2021. Nobody cares about post scoring. He's in general. That. What? Better He's shooting finisher. 55%. I, well, I'd hope so. He's a big. He's a big. He's a big. Are you just trolling right now? They play different big. positions. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma isn't that good. It's just that simple. It's crazy. This guy's a hater. He's averaging. Korzimba is a hater. He's definitely not top five. Kyle Kuzma okay. is not in my top five. Kuzma's not that good. Okay. He, no, but so I mean, no, that wasn't my art. Yeah, my argument was John Collins is better. And that's just a fact. All right. So should we do 2018? Let's yeah. do yeah, let's do 2018. Oh, I, we didn't, I didn't finish. 
We didn't say ours, I don't think. Oh, well, yeah, but I mean, mine's I, It's just reverse similar. Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, right? reverse Tatum and Mitchell. And you and that means you got uh that means you got Kuzma in there. So I'm glad we settled that. 2018, let's get it. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let's get it. 2018. So, All right. Mike, keep, you, keep it going, baby. You, you, you're you full of continent these, so start it off. So number one pick, obviously, Luka Doncic. Um, number two pick would be Trey Young. Number three pick would be, hmm, I got to be careful here. Number three pick would be... Porter Jr.? Yeah, Porter Jr. Number four pick would be Shea, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Okay. Um, and uh, the number five, uh, the final pick that will like round up the top five would be... Ooh, this one's tough. Yeah, There's this a is lo- a really tough one. This is a really, really tough one. Oh, man. Do you think, think Colin Sexton is better than Jaron Jackson Jr.? You know, you're gonna, you guys are gonna slap me when I tell you. If you ask uh, Colin Sexton's teammates, they'd say no. Yeah, Colin Sexton's been dealing with apparently, some stuff with this. They, apparently, they hate him so much. Isn't I honestly? I think it's pretty funny that like. I, there's been like memes that like you know Colin Sexton's teammates and there's like they're all a bunch of bums, but uh yeah I mean like and Colin Sexton's like openly talking about it too now like Colin Sexton keep doing your thing dude you're you're playing well Darius Garland I like the you know I want I want Sexland shirts coming out you heard of that yeah I've never heard yeah. of that but, want, it, but want... that sounds like it would slap what'd you say um, yeah number five that that would slap. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I'll buy some land shirts. The the Cavs need to start selling them. Um, so, um, number five would be Colin Sexton. I mean, if if this if there was a number six, it would be between Devonte Graham and Mitchell Robinson. So wait, let me get this straight. No DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that's DeAndre. Nuts. I think Constance, DeAndre Aiden would no, come no, eight. Constance is not. DeAndre is killing it. DeAndre Aiden's killing it. He is. Have you checked? Have you peeped the stats lately? No. Let me get. Let me ask you something. How are you the biggest Andre Drummond hater? But if Andre Drummond was on the Phoenix Suns, you'd be praising him because DeAndre Aiden to me is just Andre Drummond 2.0. Okay. 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 Killing it. Killing it. Was an overstatement. That was, that was too Yeah, much. he took a step too, back and he got I, Chris Paul on his team now. Killing it was nuts. Killing it was nuts. Killing it was nuts. Killing it was nuts. I was like, what did but I miss? Again, like- <laughs> but again, they're, first of all, how am I the biggest? Like, you can't just look at the stat sheet. You just look at this thing called the wins column. He's a starting center playing 30.6 minutes per game for the second best team in the West. Korzimba, unbiased um, opinion right here. Unbiased perspective. You are an Andre Drummond hater. I'm not an Andre Drummond hater. You, I pointed you're an out. Andre Dr- I pointed we, out. We could change the terminology. You're an Andre Drummond disliker. Um, I, yeah, I, it, yeah. It doesn't. There's it doesn't several matter, centers but. that I would rather have. I mean, the man struggles making a layup. That's important. He makes boneheaded defensive mistakes as if they're on purpose. So, yeah. Um, I don't love him. But, I mean, the the proof is in the pudding, as they say. I don't really love that phrase. But DeAndre Aiden as a starting center 
has been winning games. You know, right, recently Andre Drummond has not. Yeah, because Andre Drummond. They literally, literally just won. They just won. Dude, they just so, yeah. won. Are you talking? Did you watch the game? Did you read the box score? They literally benched Andre Drummond for Marcus. No, I watched the game. I, I watched the game, so I didn't need to look at the box score. Okay, I mean, well then, okay. with your eyes, you should have seen Marcus on the court and been like, <laughs> "No, Marcus was Drummond. balling. Marcus was no." But yeah, look, and guess what? Look. Andre Drummond wasn't. But look, but look, against the Nuggets, look. four points, four points, zero. This rebounds? guy is a Laker hater. I'm not a Laker hater. Not a Laker hater. Not a Laker hater. I Laker literally just hater. I just Lakers hyped, fans. Just, are you listening to this? I just hyped up Marcus All. Look, look. You know what? And also, look. Mike. You know what? Flight Mike over here. Your boy. The love of your life, Kyle Kuzma, has gone on record to the media saying Marcus All needs to play more, despite and Andre right. Drummond. And he tweeted out today: "There's only one center position. Marcus All and Andre Drummond are not sharing the court." He tweeted out today, supporting Marcus All over Andre Drummond. I'm just saying. I'm saying defensively, yeah, Marcus All yes. is remarkable defensively. He has the highest yes, DBPM nice. of his career this year, by the way, the highest. Even higher than when he won Defensive Player of the Year. So, yeah, when Kyle Kuzma is coming out and saying, hey, Marcus All needs to play more, they probably need more help defensively because Marcus All is the better defensive player out of him and Andre Drummond. But the Look. thing is, Andre Drummond and DeAndre Ayton, in my opinion, are the exact same player, literally. Except DeAndre Ayton no. may hit the occasional three point jumper. DeAndre Ayton has a better point guard that will find him on his, uh, on the Phoenix Suns, although Andre Drummond hasn't really gotten a lot of exposure to LeBron James and they haven't figured that out yet. DeAndre Ayton's in a better situation to succeed than Andre Drummond is, at least so far. So the fact that you are praising DeAndre Ayton and hating on Andre Drummond, it's, it's a little hypocritical. It's literally let, night and there's Chris Zimba, let me just, say this. It's just not true. Literally just not true. And if like I don't have I'm not prepared for an in-depth Andre Drummond, DeAndre Aiden argument. But if you want me to pull up the stats and next next pod we could talk about it, then I will. Because they're I'm not are spending a pod not the same player in any I'm way. I'm not we're, we're not doing that. That's not a pod we, episode. We we're spent, not doing that. We're not doing that. For for one, we're not doing that. That was a bad so, argument, Flight Mike. I love you. Um, what? Bad argument. They're not the it's same player. Better but argument than look, Draymond but look, Green but look, but look, and Serge Ibaka. Korzimba. No, not really. Andre Drummond and DeAndre Ayton play nothing alike. <laughs> they play exactly <laughs> alike. Wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know where he got that from. Like, I, don't know. I was trying to be nice about it, but since we're here... like. He's dying on the hill. Honestly, that's the problem. Like at first, no, you know what? Like, okay. We can dedicate an episode to this now. <laughs> we can discuss this. I, you, guys, you guys are just a bunch of Laker haters. No, um, I literally said, I said Marcus Saul was playing well. And I said he deserves to play more. It doesn't make I sense. He's on, on the Lakers. Side. Look, Korzimba's a Laker hater. I will stay. I will, first, yeah, wait. I am a Laker hater. I don't like the Lakers. What? There's nothing, there's nothing, <laughs> there he admits that doesn't it. make me biased against certain players. I'm we got him, boys. I I didn't. I thought Andre Drummond, you know, was struggling before the Lakers. Well, before the Lakers. All right. So, regardless, whatever. I mean, I don't. Before I don't we know. move I don't on from to this topic, I want to say. I this. guess when we see LeBron, when we see LeBron come back, we'll see Andre Drummond's true potential on the team. That's what we'll see. All of the Lakers' bigs bring something different to the table. So, yeah, Marc Gasol does have value for the Lakers. It's no shock 
that that Kuzma wanted to see Mark Gasol play. There are certain matchups that are going to be Andre Drummond matchups. There are certain matchups that are going to be Montrezl Harrell matchups, and there are certain matchups that are going to be Mark Gasol matchups. The Lakers have an embarrassment of riches at the big position right now. And uh, it is what it is. Okay. Well, you know what? Enough Lakers talk. We talk about the Lakers too much. If you guys want to see more drafts or if you want to see us go more in depth, we could do an entire, you know, redraft the lottery and everything. That is a potential bonus episode. Let us know what you think because we want to do bonus episodes like that. We want to do bonus episodes like potentially looking at basketball movies. That's something I'm really interested in because I've seen other podcasts do that and they just seem like a ton of fun. You know, we watch mm-hmm. Coach Carter. We watch... Um, like Mike, because we're in, I'd say, a point of the season where we're kind of just waiting for the playoffs a little bit at this point, you know, Coop, I know you want to do it. I know you want to do these would you rathers. All right. So some of these are pretty dark. Are we okay with dark or is that like, is that like, no? All right. I mean, yeah, go with dark, I guess. I mean, I'm afraid. Now. Yeah. Would you rather know how you're going to die or when you're going to die? I hate this question. Are we going to hate all these Ooh. questions? How I'm going to die. Or I don't know. I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'd like to I'm going to go with how because when would just freak me out too much. Um, I would because if the answer was somewhat soon, I feel like I would just spiral into a depression <laughs> and I would just stop trying in life. Like I would just be like, okay. Who cares? Like none of this matters. And then maybe that's even a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I end up doing something dumb when I'm like drunk because like, I'm just like, I'm drinking every night because I don't care. So I'm dying at the age of 30 anyway. But um, how is more of like, you know, I just, I, I don't know, maybe they're both not good. I'm going with how, and I'm, I'm going with how, and I'm crossing my fingers for something like cancer. <laughs> I don't know why. What? You're crossing Damn, your fingers? Damn, bro. I'm like 70. If I'm like 70, what? I get cancer. That's fine, isn't it? I don't know. Well, I mean, like, if you go if you go how, okay, if you go how, and then you get car crash, now every time you're in a car, you're you're bugging. I, I, I wouldn't get in a car. Yeah, you'd never it's get in a car again. So, yeah, that, no, that's fine. the problem. You'd just be biking around all the time. But then... It would somehow be some kind of loophole where you're on your bike and you get hit by a car and they count as a car crash. I think I'd rather know when. I think personally I'd rather know when. I couldn't deal. I couldn't yeah, deal. Yeah, if, if, if I knew when, I could plan around it. You know, I could probably do a lot of cool stuff before I before I went. Um, if I knew how, again, i just try to avoid that situation too much. Like, Well, I mean, if we're just going off statistics, most likely you'll get like a boring answer for how that will just be like some kind of hopefully old age disease, you know? But yeah, if you got heart attack, you, I like, I would gain a very horrible anxiety problem because every time my heart was pounding a little too much, I'd be like, Oh my God, this is when I go out. <laughs> Yo, what if it was something like you? I don't uh, know if I want going- my answer, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> so I'm just- what if someone comes up to you and says you're going like it's revealed that you're going to die at like a basketball game? Uh, I would just never go to a basketball game. That would be tough. Or like you're going to die from a heart attack from making a YouTube video. I mean, there goes this. There goes YouTube. You know, then I just start streaming on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
But <laughs> next question. Next question. Yo, no, you gotta explain that one, dude. It's just an untapped market. I'm not saying I'm gonna do porn. I'm just saying you know, it's there's an a, untapped there's a market. Huge, there's a huge viewership there. I just stream video games. The market's been waiting for a Mike Corzimba. Like, they're, they're waiting for NBA rebuilds. Something to NBA do. It, something to do, like you know, afterwards while you're like feeling coming nice soon. And, by nice the way, nice and calm. <laughs> Only laced up fans, huh? Yeah, it's all coming together now. Yeah, it's it's all starting to come together. It's the next stage of my career. What was your answer, Flight Mike? I would rather know um, when I'm going to die because if I knew I'm going to die, then I would. I don't want a situation like Kobe Bryant, you know, where I worked my my ass off my entire life and I'm just starting to enjoy life, and then bam death that would be horrible and the way he died is horrible um i would want to know hey if i have x amount of time left i'd want to travel i'd want to live out the rest of my days and i'd want to plan for that accordingly yeah being able to spend the perfect amount so like you don't like obviously if i had kids i'd want to leave something for my kids it's pretty dark but yeah but if i don't have kids like obviously i want to spend all of my money right so being able to do that in itself like with perfect timing dude i think okay this, this is a very long question i think if you did have i mean r.i.p kobe of course but i think if you did have a kobe Bryant situation that would ruin your life because what well, at that point i'm not like i'm not getting married like i'd be afraid i'd be like right, i can't subject like my fiance my current fiance i'm gonna be like okay yeah sorry i'm gonna leave you at the age of like 40 with a bunch of kids and yeah I'm not Kobe. I'm not super rich. I'm not going to have set you up for life. I'm just, you know, it's like, that'd be tough to just be like automatically be like, yeah, oh, I know I'm going to die at like, let's say you 35, 40 or something. Like it'd be tough to get married and do all that stuff when you know that you're not going to make it far. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying completely. I see what you're saying. So, yes, this was a dark answer because it's horrible. It's a dark question. It's horrible. Yeah, it's, uh, it goes, really it goes both one. ways for sure. I freaking, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to still stick with how just because, again, if I'm, I would, ra I would rather, I'm just weighing out the options here. I would rather learn like, okay, yeah, car crash or something that prevents me from doing something easy that inconveniences my life, then learn, yeah, I'm gonna die at 34, and suddenly I'm like, I'm already 28, fuck, what do I do? Like, yeah, enjoy the time I have, but yeah, like, again, there's just too much going on there. Would you rather win $50,000 or let your best friend win 500,000 and your best friend can't give you any of it, he can't gift you anything, obviously, can't do none of that stuff, he can't, he, he doesn't even know about the thing or all his money goes away. Yeah, fine, best friend. You got it. <laughs> he doesn't seem happy about it either. What? Tom's watching this podcast. like, <laughs> Bro, it's just like, you know, of course I'm going to do it. But, you know, it's 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 rough. What, what was your answer, Mike? Um, pro Probably, well, yeah, probably my best friend. Yeah, 500,000 is a lot. Yeah, it's like, too like, big of a difference. Life. Like, if it was like 100,000, 50,000, like, yeah. All right, so a hundred thousand, you're pocketing that fifty. Well, yeah, he doesn't know. Like, 
no yeah, one gets no one gets harmed in this. And also, you know what? This is my genie. Apparently, get your own genie. <laughs> um, how about you, Coop? Personally, I would I would I'd have to let my friend get it, man. I'd have to let my friend get it. With all this said, Mike, you have an update on EDP. For those of you guys that didn't know, EDP um, got exposed by a channel called Chet Goldstein or the Predator Poachers for trying to meet with a little kid and that's the best way i could uh, phrase it there's tons of videos out on it the chat logs are no longer on the original video but they're on my third channel flight my tv if you read them they're horrible um and it got to a point where both edp and chet goldstein lost their channels edp because the allegations against him are horrible probably the most disgusting allegations i think anyone have has ever heard on youtube and probably the craziest thing I've ever read that pertains to a YouTuber and Chad Goldstein, because he's been consistently evading bans. Like his channel doesn't really fit YouTube guidelines and he's been evading bans. And after that, we found out that Chad Goldstein came out with some racist, uh, with some racist comments that, you know, that's a whole different discussion right there. But pretty much both of these people are horrible human beings. Now, while Chad Goldstein is continuing doing his thing on Instagram, EDP is doing EDP is doing something else where he's restarting his entire, I guess, content creating journey on Facebook. And he released a video yesterday saying that he's going to be dropping a website called EDP445.com. And he didn't seem apologetic. He didn't address the news. He didn't address the situation. It's just business as usual for EDP. And that's where things are currently. He's trying to keep going and continuing what he was doing before and making videos. So one, one what is with Facebook? And it feels like Facebook just has like a le lesser, um, they just allow people to you know, create content on their website and still possibly monetize is, is this being monetized? Because if you saw when David Dobrik, when his YouTube videos got, you know, demonetized on YouTube and whatever the punishment they got, um, he was still posting on Facebook actually for a short period of time. I'm sure that wasn't actually him posting. I'm sure like he like, you know, signed a deal with a company or something, but so does Facebook have like lesser, like guidelines here restrictions um i suppose like first of all he only has like five thousand followers on facebook so maybe it isn't big enough to the point where facebook would blacklist him as well um it's a pretty but, big story though from what i've seen like i've seen multiple people tweet about it you yeah. think like it would just yeah. get the attention of a facebook someone you yeah. yeah, I'm sure if, if, if you alerted somebody on Facebook and they knew, I, I'm not sure how many people know about him actually posting this stuff to Facebook because I, I sure didn't. But I'm sure if you like alerted somebody um, that's with the Facebook social team or whatever, like they'd probably like take that crap down. But I'm unsure. So don't quote me on that. Are there yeah. people that are supporting him still? Like, I don't what's going on. Like he's doing a website and everything like obviously crash and burn i would imagine but like i'm gu i'm guessing is he just trying to like is he out of touch with reality like i know the first time we talked about this that was kind of you know your what you were saying mike was that 
you know, you said he was an incel. You know, is that like he just doesn't understand what's going on? He doesn't understand that he's what he did was horrible and he's become a living meme with this whole fist bump thing that's on every single Twitter reply now. Like, does he not understand that? Or does he understand that and is trying to cash in for the last time with a website that he knows people will probably click just because they're like the audacity of this man to create a website? Unfortunately, that fist bump, fist bump thing becoming a meme is probably like kind of good for him. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's like kind of his whole persona is just like creating memes and stuff. And I think he's at the point to where like he probably believes he's gotten himself out of like a similar situation. So, you know, I'm not sure he's like necessarily like trying to yeah, he probably is trying to get out of it. But I, like, I, I do think he is just trying to cash in on who is still supporting him and like. He's trying to make do with what he's got. People are going to support. I mean, there's some people that are going to support him no matter what. Like the argument being that the guy that exposed him is, quote unquote, a horrible human being and a racist. You know, he said some pretty messed up stuff. And uh, as a result, some people are saying that he was a target of, hey, this racist guy wanted to cha wanted to chase down a black guy and expose him. But also in his head, I can imagine he's thinking, I'm lonely, I'm down bad, no one gives me attention. You know, what I did in his head, which, you know, this is just in his head, could, uh, could be something that he justified to himself. And he himself could be thinking that he's not a horrible human being and he's just going to keep going business as usual to try to, like, change the narrative and the story around him. So I don't... I, th I agree with Coop. I think he's trying to cash out one last time. Um, I personally would like to not see his face anymore. I personally am really heartbroken by the entire situation because I loved him as a con content creator. I thought he was hysterical, and it's really a shame that it, went, uh, that it ended up this way. Yeah, that must be rough to just not, like, you know, you you know support someone that's like that, and you just have no idea. All right, so, yeah, EDP sucks. I, you know, we talked about him in the last clip and during that last clip, you also brought up that you were going to be interviewing predator poachers who you interviewed him. And I think people would be interested to know and get like a behind the scenes, like what was it like talking with him? What was it like maybe off camera, whatever you're willing to talk about with that? Um, off camera, he's exactly who he portrayed himself in, uh, in those, um, you know, in those like racist clips, but the way he uh, rationalized him saying those things was actually present in the interview. And his logic is everyone in our society is being super sensitive. You know, they're just words. Words shouldn't be this big of a deal and we shouldn't be this sensitive as a society. I interviewed him immediately after our last pod. My argument back was words also incite. You know, words could result in violence. Words could result in groups feeling horrible about themselves. And then his reaction was pretty much, and you could check out the interview if you guys want to see it in its entirety on the third channel, Flight Mike TV. But his argument was that at the end of the day, like 
the, uh, um, people are really, really sensitive. And if I don't mean what I'm saying in a horrible way and in a way that is insulting, or if I don't have any hatred in my heart towards the people that I'm insulting, then it shouldn't be a big deal, especially if minorities are making fun of me for making fun of him for being Jewish. So that was his rationale. Um, he's like a early 20s kid, so I do think he's a little bit out of touch with reality, out of touch with the times, out of touch with how one should conduct themselves, especially in today's day and age with everything that's been going on over the past year and a half. Um, but for the most part, it, I think he could have done a lot of good in the world because, uh, because I myself do kind of think I understand where he's coming from where like he's saying whatever he wants that comes to his head but he doesn't have hatred in his heart towards those people I actually believe him but that doesn't mean that he's not doing something horrible for society he could have been doing a lot of good with this predator poachers thing he could have really brought himself onto the spotlight and be become a respected person that could influence a lot of good if he didn't have those videos of him prank calling the blm hotline or you know saying the hard er or making fun of minorities so it's a shame it's wasted potential in my opinion but people are who they are maybe one day he'll grow up and see um why he shouldn't say things like that and it is what it is we, know, also, we just have I was, it seems like he doesn't understand or grasp um i said this i think last time too that like just because you don't have hatred in your heart for something doesn't mean that it's not insulting, offensive, like, or is hate speech. Like, just because you don't do that, like, like I said exactly like before um, in last pod, like, you don't get to choose the words that are insulting to other people. You know what I mean? Like, if other people are insult insulted, if everyone is telling you this is an insulting word, like, you are insulting my race, my culture, be it whatever it is. You really need to, you know, look into yourself and think like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, okay, if they're just words, then why are they so important for you to use? You know? Yeah. Um, again, out of touch with the times. And in order to do what he wants to do which appears to be a social media influencer you have to be a little bit more in touch with society than to just say he hurt the dirt let me say the hard er because it's funny to me da, da, da. so it's a shame a lot of wasted potential honestly a lot of wasted potential and i hope uh maybe one day he could figure it out um but for now that's where that's where he stands what do you think, Coop? Uh, I hope he learns from it. Uh, I hope he 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 sees what he's doing is uh, what he's done is messed up. And um, I don't I don't have any really strong feelings outside of everything that you guys already said. Uh, I just agree with what with what uh, Korzimba said. So whereas you're not allowed to choose what offends who and. The thing is, even if you think it's a joke, it might not be a joke to everybody. Like, you know, if you're an influencer and somebody sees you doing something, they're going to think that, oh, that's OK for me to do. So, you know, and that, that can end up like a domino effect. At the end of the day, 
Uh, you, you just got to make sure you're doing right and doing right by everybody. That is very true. Yeah, you definitely, you know, once you build an audience, like, yeah, like you said, you're influencing other people and there's plenty of kids or, you know, teenagers or whatever that see what you're doing and here you go. Oh, it's just funny. Yeah, they could easily be swayed and think the same way. Good talks all around. Um, I think that wraps up today. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you turn post notifications on. 40,000 subscribers, students it hits. We're giving away Xbox Series X or a PS5. And also, we are giving away right now $100 to one person who reviews the podcast and gives it a five-star review on Apple. So uh, make that money, baby. We're posting the community tab, whoever wins. And if you guys have any other suggestions for uh, giveaways around that price range, you know, maybe a little more, that's fine. Post those comments down below. Thank you guys so much for watching.